Okay. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Becky. <laughs> so it's an odd combo tonight because we don't have Kate with us and it's me and Sarah, Sarah Johnson, who's one of our Patreons and also a friend and a colleague over in Switzerland with her gorgeous horse, Kenda. And me and Sarah got together because for this podcast because we are going to talk about agility. Now, before we go ahead without Kate, don't worry, we will be recording with Kate next week and Trudy all about agility as well. So we thought, me and Sarah had this idea because I'm training agility with three of my horses now and Sarah is training some agility, horse agility with her horse Kenda in Switzerland. And we had this thought about doing a podcast because it seems to fit quite well in the clicker training, positive reinforcement training world with our horses. And so we were like, yeah, let's do a podcast together. This would be really good. And then I had this thought of, oh, I haven't done a podcast for a while because it's been very busy and we've had some issues with Spotify and recording. But also I feel a bit weird not doing a podcast with Kate because it's generally always me and Kate. And I have recently been a guest on Trudy's podcast, but that's Trudy's podcast. So it's very different. And I know Kate has done podcasts with other people too. But to do an ecological podcast without Kate feels a bit strange. But don't worry, Kate will be back next week uh, with her words of wisdom, I am sure. And so will Trudy. But for me and Sarah, who are not trainers, we're not horse behaviorists, we don't train horses as in it's not our jobs. We're just people that are love our horses. Obviously, I have a, a work around horses, but nothing to do with training, uh, that are going down the field of or, or including agility into our practice, not going down that route. I think we're including it in our practice. So we thought actually it would be a really good podcast to do both uh, because I had a little bit of a, oh, I can't leave these guys out. And then I really want to leave them out because I want to talk to Sarah about all the stuff we go through as lay people training, you know, learners training horses who are also learners, but then also bring in, bring in the two people that I value their opinion next week. Hopefully I'll still value their opinion after they've been on the podcast. <laughs> so it's me, Becky, and it's Sarah from Switzerland with Kenda, who I know has been on the podcast before, so you must all know her. And she's also a Patreon. She's also a, a, lot, a member of a lot of um, Facebook sites, so you will see her training around. So we're going to talk about horse agility or agility with equines tonight. And then we're going to get together next week with Trudy and Kate and dig deeper, I, I presume, or maybe not. Maybe we'll be quiet and just let them take over. I don't know what's going to happen. But tonight it's all about us and our horses. So was that a good introduction, Sarah, or was that a bit gobbled? I think that was an excellent introduction, Becky. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> That's okay then. <laughs> so yeah, we thought we'd have a chat, didn't we? Because you're my trailblazer, Becky. You're probably a good two years ahead of me in terms of what you're doing with your horses. And I follow your work on Patreon. And when I saw that you were doing horse agility, um, I have to admit that to start with, I'd had a rather sort of I'm not afraid to admit that I'd had a rather snobbish view of agility because I hadn't seen very much of it. And I thought, oh, it's a bit trick training and I'm not sure that I'm trick training my horse. But then I saw what you were doing with it. And I suddenly thought to myself, hey, actually, 
this has got so many great benefits because you and I both have a ho- have horses who are potentially non-ridden. We don't know if we're going to be riding our respective horse or not, but we're at a stage at the moment where they're non-ridden. And it's a really, really good way of training with them and having a focus, isn't it? It is. And I think for me, so if we talk about my non-ridden, which is Rum, uh, we I thought he would be ridden by now. Where he's coming up for where he's seven and a half. He'll be eight next May, June. And I thought we would just be very gently hacking out and doing all those very gentle things. And it hasn't worked out that way. And that's been Rum's decision. But I really, really struggle with the fact of where we live environmentally and how the world is with our horses for him just sitting doing nothing. It just doesn't, he's a very, he's a very capable learner. He's he he seeks out interactions and i wanted to to widen his world so it doesn't have to be about riding it could be about something else and as a human being i do like it. and I, and i'm just i'm just a normal person i just like a goal you know i don't i don't actually want to just be drifting and that's i don't think there's anything wrong with that and i do think that's something that in this form of training is sometimes seen as not okay, um, which is on on another on, on another <laughs> another subject completely. But I do have goals, and I do have wants, and I do have things that I want to achieve, and I want him to achieve those too. And actually, his we don't have 40, 50 acres of landscape for him to just roam around and and do his eighteen. Um, miles a day which he would do if he was a feral horse it's not going to happen because we live in England and spaces are limited and terrain is limited too so it's not going to happen so how can I help this young horse uh, to take away the pressure of that ridden criteria but but also have something that's that that includes cognitive learning as well as physical learning, because he needs to move. He's a big boy. He's 16 too. He's very long. And he is also very determined. He has his own thoughts and his own wishes. And I know that cognitively he enjoys interaction. He know he enjoys training. And I do that with the rabbit ears, uh, but he seeks that out. And Building posture and building balance and building fitness and suppleness can work hand in hand. And so the horse agility sort of fitted because it took the pressure off the riding, although you can ride, it took the pressure off um, achieving these these small steps that build to this big mountain block, getting on, saddle, everything else. But it also meant that he had a role. I had a goal and we were achieving cognitive and physical development. And for me, it's it's really worked. And I think that's what I realised when I saw what you were doing and when I started to look into it. And I thought, gosh, actually, this is a really, really good way of continuing the gymnastic groundwork. As you say, it gives you a goal. It gives you a structure to work towards. There is a danger that you could start to drill it, which um, is not a good idea. So as always with everything, there's got to balance it out a little bit. 
But I think it does. I think for me also, it gives me that uh, something to work towards and that ability to to compete, to do something with Kenda mm. that feels meaningful and to have something to work towards. Um, the way that the competitions are structured it, are progressive. So it's actually a really, really good training structure. Um, you can start relatively straightforwardly, but then, yeah, they build in both complexity and uh, degrees of difficulty. So, um, yeah, so it, it ticks a lot of boxes. And as you say, for young horses, we both have young horses. Kenda is the same age as Rum. So she needs that gymnastic groundwork. And this is all about gymnastic groundwork, isn't it? It's about the ability to go forward and back and side to side, but with perhaps very small steps or bigger steps and, and over things. And um, yeah, and to have good balance and good posture. Absolutely. And I think it what it does is it enables us as clicker trainers or reward-based trainers or however you want to describe us as to find an obstacle and break it down into st small steps and back chain. So there's a lot of I've, I've learned so much about back chaining, but I've also learned about setting up the environment for success. So I started entering so ideally I wanted to, so my, my goal was to do this with rum. So to, because rum wasn't ready to be backed. So I thought, okay, we'll just do this with rum and it can be our fun thing together. And then I'd practice the obstacles with Reg because Reg has, has experience with horse agility because he did it with his previous owner and was successful. And he has a lot of behaviors in his, in his little toolkit and then I thought, well, this is great for Prince, my young youngster. So that it kind of it kind of bridges all all of their all of their um, aspects really. So seeing it with rum, and then I thought, well, this is a bit daft. I should actually compete Reg as well because Reg can do it with his eyes closed almost. He's 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 there. But with it's interesting when you say about drill it because I think that depends on the horse because. I'm not saying, saying drilling is okay. And I've changed from where I was at the beginning to where I am now with the agility. But you can drill, Reg. And I'm not saying you should, but he's a type of horse that you can get away with drilling, which is not okay. But with Roman Prince, you can't drill them. They switch off. They go and do other things. They just say no. So it really is about you discovering how you train and how your learner trains as well because it's very easy to just push reg on because he's just willing but run will walk off or and prince will just stand there and refuse so it it's a it it, it kind of has different levels with the horses and their personalities as well and what i did do at the beginning when I got the course, so you have, there's different levels and I'm, I know we'll talk about these, but we're doing the online monthly agility and we start at the base level, which is starter horse. And you have to get so many points before you move on to the first horse level. And both Reg and Rum have moved on to the first horse level within three months. Um, Prince is still behind, but he's been poorly and he has very little cues to be fair. So we're really base back to basics with him but what I did do in the beginning was I'd set up the whole course so I'd have my, my the email sent through to me on the on the first or second of the uh, the month with the new course and I set that up in the school and that would stay there for four weeks 
I don't do that anymore because the tendency to drill is there for us. We want that pattern. We need that pattern. We need to learn it. We need to shape it. We need to get them to do it, et cetera, et cetera. And I found that they were tuning off. Not Reg so much because Reg, he has, he's, he's, a, he's, he's an interesting uh, personality anyway but certainly Rum and Prince would be like well we've done this already let's not do this again <laughs> and so I would drill it and drill it and drill it and then by the time I got to entering I kind of got a very messy um, en- entry really and actually that's that's we've changed that now we changed that from last month to then the only course they the, the final course they do they only do it on the day of recording up until then, they haven't done that full course. And you know what? We winged it last last month and Reg came second and Rum came fifth. And I was that's amazing because they had not completed that full course until the day of filming. So we separated the obstacles and trained them separately and differently at different times, different places. And it works. And that's that has been that I mean, that was Trudy, really. Um, it was me, me trying to be organised, setting it all up, thinking, this is how we do it. We set it up. This is the course. We're going to learn this. They're going to learn that pattern. And she's like, well, okay, but uh, you know, they they're getting fed up. So let's rethink. Let's find what's difficult. Let's train that. Then let's leave it. Let's do easy. And that's how we've done it. And it, it I mean, we've only done it the once, so it might not work again next month. But I, it was amazing this month so I'm going to try it again that makes sense to me actually because Trudy has a dressage background I did a little bit of dressage before long before I got Kenda and when I was approaching the way I would learn a dressage test is I we would practice all the individual movements but not in the order of the test and then it would Mm. only be latterly the last in the last sort of run up to the preparation to to competition that we would start to go through the entire test. And I might only run through the entire test two or three times, Mm. but I would just take chunks of it. And particularly the chunks that I knew we struggled with. So if there was something in particular that I knew we struggled with, then I'd focus more on that, but in different ways. Um, So yeah, so that makes sense to me that agility would work in the same way, that it'd Mm. be best to break it down. So with Kenda, because we're still, we're so new to this, um, we are learning um individual obstacles so I'll just take an obstacle and I'll perhaps break it down a little bit so the the one I'm working on at the moment is the s bend but we're only doing half of it so I call it the u bend Mm. because um you've got to get that first turn right anyway otherwise your second turn is out so we're working on the u bend and we can do that in both directions and um it's slightly bigger than the finished article will be um, and then sometimes we approach it through a curtain and sometimes we don't. And sometimes we stand on in the hula hoop at the end and sometimes we don't. And then we'll put the U-bend away and we won't do it for a few weeks and we'll do something mm. else. But we we are at an earlier stage because we're learning all the obstacles. Well, the, the basic obstacles, at least. Um, so, yeah, so I haven't but, done anywhere near a whole course yet. But if you look at that from a another point of view, if you look at Kenda's posture, if you look at her ability to rein back, if you look at her ability to bend, her, her ability to do the lateral work, to move her shoulders independently, to follow you or to be by your shoulder, there's, there's so many levels on how that is beneficial for her cognitively, 
physically, for her balance, for her suppleness, for her physicality, for her brain space. So we we look at those little obstacles and we just think, oh, we're just doing a U-bend. But we're not just doing a U-bend. Kendra's got to fit all of that in, plus work out what you're requiring. And so there's so much to it. And what I in what what's interesting for me as well is that we bring in from a positive reinforcement clicker training world, we bring in a lot of or desensitization. If we look at it from a desensitization world, we encourage our horses to to look at things, to touch things. So one of the things that we are we we kind of gravitate to is um, look at that novel object can you touch it? It's it's something that we train, isn't it? So touch the cone, touch the target, touch the trailer, touch the scary bag, whatever. But what I love about the agility, it's touch it. Now don't touch it. Oh my goodness. That was so hard. So last month we had a kick of football. Oh my goodness. You'd never believe the football caused me so much trouble because of course you put the football down they all want to touch it with their nose or kick it with their feet. So teaching them not to is actually really tough when you're, we, we have been sort of ingrained that we must teach desensitization. So you see something, don't ignore it. You must go and explore it, you know, and then agility saying, no, ignore it. <laughs> That's <laughs> really, really hard, <laughs> but amazing. And, and Trudy's really helped me with that too, because rum wants to he's he'll take you to things so we're having some fencing doing done at the moment because our fencing's very old and rum's new novel object is adam our fencing man <laughs> he's in his van he's on top of him he's literally everywhere adam is and it's like actually could you just leave adam alone because adam needs to do his job but it, he is he's the new novel object and that's i love that about rum i love that 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 that's in him but at the same time I need to be able to put that onto a stimulus control and so again agility is teaching us that it's teaching us no you ignore that until I I say we're gonna go and explore it you know and that's that's really hard for clicker trainers or positive reinforcement trainers because we're so used to saying oh you want to go say hello to that let's go say hello to that but actually not now (laughs) so the ball and you'll see on the Patreon, I do. I have this really awful cue for the ball. And Trudy just, she's very, very patient with me. She kind of says, uh, do you think that cue is working? <laughs> I look at her and I know what she's thinking. And I say, do you have a better idea? She went, yes, I do. <laughs> so off we go and do something different. And and it worked. But it's it's hard because you know we have and again there are other areas where uh in the training where there's a lot of reinforcement so the tarp the the tarp holds a lot of reinforcement for reg and rum because previously that's been trained a lot and you put your feet on the tarp you get a lot of reinforcement the hoop has got a lot of reinforcement the cone has got a lot of reinforcement history and agility teaches you to um let that go we change it you know and I think that that's been very powerful for my guys Uh, and I think it will be for Kenda too because um, you have to shape that and that's quite hard that's hard 
Yes, I think that's what I found. I'm thinking about the pole corridor where you walk the horse to the end of the pole corridor and then you stop and then you have to reverse back out of it again. Yes. So immediately, that is a great thing to back chain. Yes. And immediately is. you're moving that training on. So you're immediately going from a position where I had been kind of not so I wouldn't say I was necessarily stuck, but certainly every effort was being rewarded. And I was really sort of working on duration, perhaps, and, and shaping the quality of what I was getting. But I was essentially clicking and treating everything I was getting. And now I'm chaining. And mm. that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But it's mm. forced me to have to think about doing that. And of course, ultimately, the whole course will have to be not quite chained because it won't be a set pattern, but ultimately we'll be looking to mark only at the very end of the course, won't we? Which is what I yes. know you're already doing. So when you were getting to that point where you were starting to do a whole course, um, mm. did you ever sort of did you ever stop and reward in the middle of the course or after certain obstacles? Because reading the rules, it seems that although the idea is that ultimately you do not stop and reward in the course, it's not actually prohibited. And it no. suggests that at the lower levels you could. So did you immediately go from a position of rewarding only at the end or did you ever have to do interim marking? We did. We did interim. So absolutely. So we broke the so we broke the obstacles down and trained them individually. So that's something that we did fairly early on, uh, even even though I would have the whole course set up we would we would do the obstacles individually and the ones obviously that were um the hardest which actually for both red and rum tend to be poles because they rum doesn't respect poles at all he he clips poles all the time and interestingly in the last course they had a v-shaped pole which they were to walk through the the, the very shallow channel of like one one space so they could like almost tightrope walking and then back out and then proceed and then go over five poles that were we call it uh pick up sticks it's like a proprioception exercise so they're all laid like all all sporadically so the horse has to kind of pick its legs up and really think about it so and you would not lose so you'd lose marks if he touched the poles on the v but you would not lose marks if he touched any of the poles while he was going through the pickup sticks because that was him just finding his feet. Well, run being run, clipped the pole on the V and completely cleared all the poles on the five that were pickup sticks because that's what run does. So, but unless the pole is worthy of his feet missing it, so unless it's high up or wooden, he will clip it. He just he's just lazy with his feet and he's very long. And that's something I lose points on a lot. And it pisses me off, if I'm honest, because I know he can do it. But it's it's just random whether he does it or whether he doesn't. And he doesn't care. It's the same with the hoop. He'll walk through the hoop and he'll be he'll be clear of the hoop with all four feet. And then when I go to record it, he'll clip it with every foot. And you're like. I know you can do it, but he's like, well, I actually don't, I'm not scared of the hoop. The hoop's not going to bother me. I don't care if I scuff it. And I kind of have to let that go because there's a, it's good that he doesn't care, but it's also not good as well because of the competition. So I kind of have to let that go. And that's him. And we lose points on, on, on the poles a lot, uh, which is frustrating. So what we tend to do with the poles is increase 
when we when we're training them is we will raise them so if he has to go over a pole on the ground and then back up over it we might raise it because then I know he's more likely to lift his feet. So we just kind of change it. He's not worried about that. It doesn't cause him any trouble, uh, but it just helps him remember that the pole is there and he needs to pick his feet up. And then on the day of the competition, I'll lower that pole. And then it's just by luck or chance whether we miss it or not. I know he can, but it's up to him. Uh, Reg is the same. Reg, scuff, Reg scuffs, scuffs poles too, less so, um, but but he does. I just think that they find they're so um, in their work. They're in the school all the time. They go over poles all the time. They're not, it's not a problem or an, or an area of concern for them. They don't see it that they have to uh, um, miss them. However, from a posture point of view and from a, a suppleness point of view, it would be better for them and more beneficial for their body that they do realize that awareness so that's why by raising them it does help to create that motion for them and on obviously it's better for their body and their posture and their suppleness prince doesn't seem to scuff the poles the same he's he's very different uh with the poles he um respect is the wrong word but he doesn't he doesn't scuff them as where both reg and rum do but that's where i seem to lose marks is 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 on the pole work which is really interesting because i do a lot of pole work we do a lot of lining up we do a lot of straight work with them on a box with um separate poles to 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 encourage them to be straight when they line up but they still seem to to seem to lose that on those so yeah that's uh, that's one of my bugbears is the poles <laughs> I think strategically, that's a really good plan, though, isn't it? To to work at, at a level that's slightly above the one that you want to compete at. So, yeah, if you don't want them to scuff the poles when they're lying on the floor, raising them up is a really, really good good strategy to adopt. Yeah, Which and obstacle we... did you find the hardest when you started? What was the most tricky obstacle for you, or did it did it change from one horse to another? Absolutely changes from one horse to another. So. One of the ones that was really hard for Rum was sending him around a cone. So I have to stand in a hoop and I send him around a cone, which is a horse width from me. So my feet stay in the hoop and I send him about half a meter in front of me is the cone. And he's got to go around that cone, but I've got to hold on to the lead rope. And that was very hard for him because he moves with me. Uh, I can stop him and ask him to stand and leave him and walk off. But I don't generally stop and ask him to walk on. And that's something we hadn't trained. So he found that very difficult. Reg had done it before. There, no doubt he'd done it before because he found it very easy. And also Reg's cues for walk on and trot you can ask reg to trot and be stood still and he'll trot so he's he's definitely got that already as where rum doesn't so rum found that very very hard we have conquered that trudy's broken that right down we've used a cone and then a jump block and I've stood this side of the cone and asked him to go round and I kind of have rewarded him at different stages of that him going round. So sometimes he's just 
like sort of half a circle around me. Sometimes it's quarter, sometimes it's three quarters, etc. And it, it's definitely got better. But that was one of the hardest. The curtain, the tarp, the curtain actually run has struggled with the curtain, which was which was I found difficult because I'd done so much desensitization with on his stuff on his back and him going under things and through things. I found that quite odd. But he does he's in he's interested in the curtain, but he he kind of tries to find the gap, um, which is interesting. So that's something we also need to work on. Reg loves the curtain because I think it was a area of worry and it's become a very big reinforcement history now to the point where if I'm riding him and the curtain's up, he'll want to take me under through the curtain with me on him. Uh, the other thing, what the woggles, that was another thing. The woggles, the wall of woggles where you've got um, swim woggles brushing against them. Again, both of them, both Reg and Rum are a little bit, they rush through that section. That, that's that's a section they're not quite so happy with. Um, so those things. And then I think it's the tiny little nitty gritty of the standing with your front feet in the hoop uh, and, and are being asked to wait. They can do it. They can do it with their eyes shut, but it's just whether they want to wait or not. Um, and the ball, the, the kicking of the ball, which again is a, is a novel object, isn't it? It's that object that we put out in the field and expect them to play with. And interestingly, this week when I Trudy came for her for my lesson, we had some wonderful sessions with Rum and she had a hat with ears, you know, the, the, the big, I don't know what they're called. And she put it on top of a cone because it was wet and then it got sunny. So she put it on top of a cone and Rum just took himself off to that cone and spent about five minutes smelling that hat and it was really really odd but that's a novel object and that's something that because we're into enrichment and because we're into all of this sort of expanding their minds we might put into their environment and leave with them to explore but of course in in this in when we're training horse agility and we don't want them to explore the ball we want them to ignore the spooky corner you know we have these spooky corners where we've got umbrellas and um i've it's been halloween so i've used pumpkins and skeletons and witches and all sorts and the horses are expected to ignore all of this and yet we spend our life training them to investigate it so that's been that's been hard but i think the hardest thing really has been bloody poles which is crazy <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the other I think that's one of the the things that um really switched me on to agility actually is I realized that it's very like the obstacle phase of trek as in TREC yes. which yeah. is something I did with my lone horse and of course the uh, the whole idea with trek is that you're training the horse to go over obstacles and to cope with things that they would find out on a hack so yes. you've got things like the low, um, uh, what are they called? The low branches that you have to go mm. under and mm. um, the little log jumps and the ditch and uh, the bridge and the obstacles in agility. A lot of them are identical to those trek obstacles. So all of this training is also setting up the horses for their their future life going out for. Well, if they're non-ridden like ours are too you know, what lovely walks in hand, but it's also um, desensitizing them to all of that and getting them used to dealing with um, things under their feet, things that are perhaps a little bit unusual. 
and um, and just being able to do all of it without thinking about it, isn't it? And I think that's um, such such a good training for any horse, such a good foundation. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the fact that we can marry it with clicker training or positive reinforcement is really beneficial because what we can do is we can say, actually, you can look at this now, but actually now you can't. <laughs> so it's kind of, and I, I'm, it's okay. It's okay not to look at this because we're going to go and do this. So I think it's giving them that, that um, and I've learned this a lot with Prince because Prince is very foodie and I can't have food on me at all. So we have to use the buckets. To, and we are using clicker training to a certain extent with him, but we have to be very careful with him. So it's about him learning that I have the goodies. I, I don't have the goodies on me, but I, I give you the reward. You know, I can access the reward for you. So the best thing to do is to follow me. That's your best option. It's to follow me. And that's not with any coercion or any restraint or pulling or pushing or any or anything like that. It's just that, guess what? I've I've got the good idea. So we're going through this spooky corner and you don't have to look at anything because I'll find you the reward at the end. Or we'll go through this spooky corner and we can touch stuff because I'll still get you the reward at the end. And it's it's building that. And I love that, that sometimes it's okay to touch the hoop and sometimes it's not okay to touch the hoop. And I think what happens a lot with the training that we do is that it's exploring everything until you can't, because actually sometimes you just can't. And that then brings in a downside of I've said no, and no means no because of safety reasons. And then especially with rum, we'll have an argument because you do, you know, we have, you, that's what happens with rum. With Reg, it's almost like he loses a bit of his soul and you feel so sad, but with rum, it's an argument. So you have, I have these different horses, but actually what I want them all to feel is that, oh, she has the idea. She knows where we can, what what's good for us. So we'll follow her regardless of whether we need to touch that umbrella or walk through that hoop or push that wheelbarrow or go under that curtain we know being with her brings good things and that's okay and I think that it's helping me balance that as where before maybe I I struggled with the balance because I thought oh we're gonna just have to not give in that's the wrong words but we're just gonna have to make everything just super easy and fab for them and actually that's not reality when we're out and about because there will be things that scare them or or not scare them but but worry them or cause them to look and actually I need them to look at that thing and then look at me and I'll go it's okay we can go and have a look or it's okay we're just gonna have to walk past this and and I think that the agility gives you that focus of sometimes you can interact sometimes you can't interact and that actually shows up a lot of holes in our training too, because we have encouraged, I have encouraged interaction with almost everything. Yeah, but as you said before, it is it's about building that stimulus control. So it is, yeah, mm. it, I, it it throws up a few holes, and then that's great Definitely. because then you you know how to patch them up, and you think, right, I really mm. need to sort out that. Um, particularly if you're setting things up and. Um, 
using some cones to define an area or something. And yeah, you don't want them going and touching the cones, whereas that maybe was a hot behavior before. And yeah. you've sort of not used that behavior for a while. So you've never really taught the the um, the the stimulus control or the discrimination to not touch it unless you're told to. So it's a, mm. it's is great for that. And I yeah. think, um, and it is great for building confidence, isn't it? It's great for building the confidence of the horse in the handler that you're just stick with me, do as I suggest, and it'll all be okay. You mm. you can go through this curtain, and it's all going to be fine. I think it brings up so many things. It's a it's a good structure for us. Um, because we want we we want structure naturally I think that it shows that we can offer leadership and I think our horses invest in that I think they like it when we know what we want they're clear we're clear because we have those goals and those aims so there's less wishy-washy training it's very much more structured because we're going to be working on a platform and then we're going to be working on a curtain and then we're going to be doing a rain back through a T. So we structure ourselves because the course has given us that structure. So we're we're much more focused, I think. It helps that. It takes the pressure off as well because it's it's an online agility course. It's fine. You know it's absolutely fine. And I I always want my boys to smash it, but I obviously know that you know, and I look at, I, I put Reg's, especially Reg, because he always aces it. I go, oh, he's going to win. He's going to win. And then he comes second and I'm like, darn it. But okay, I get it. Because I, because it's nearly always me that goes wrong. It's, I read through the, I, I read the course really quickly because that's the type of person I am. I don't digest it properly. And then I realize that I have been in the wrong position or I haven't stepped back. And, you know, so it's nearly always me. It's never, it's never Reg. It quite often is run, <laughs> but that's fine. But run makes me laugh because we, with the ball this month that's just gone, the, the, the October month, they had to go, go up to a football, stand in front of the football, wait for one second, and then kick the ball with one foot without moving the other three feet. So I practiced and practiced and practiced this with Run. We we got so to the point where he, first of all, he loved the ball. The ball was the best thing ever. The ball was like, oh, there's the ball, there's the ball, there's the ball, must go to the ball. And Trudy's like, this is right, okay, we need to, it, he needs to not, he needs to learn to ignore the ball. So we did all the ignoring the ball and clicking and treating once we'd gone past the ball, et cetera, et cetera. We got it down to fine art, day of recording with Run. You can, so like I said in the beginning, you can drill Reg. You could do 20 takes with Reg and they'd be almost exactly the same. You do one take with run. The next one's going to be probably the best one. After your second run, you're on a downhill spiral. So you know you, you that's what you've got. So the first take, he misses the ball. So I'm like, oh, it's okay. We'll go back. We've got, a, we've got another go. The second take he also misses the ball. So I'm like, okay, well, you've done everything else beautifully. So I'm going to circle you and I'm going to stand you by the, and he literally looks at the ball and then looks at me as if to say, I'm not touching that ball. Cause you know, we've, you've told me not to touch it. <laughs> touch it, touch it. So it just, it, again, it brings up massive holes in my training because I thought we had that under stimulus, but we didn't. Now, whether he felt that I was, we were recording, so he knows my, I'm up a little bit, or whatever, or whether he did eventually kick it. But I think we 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 I think we got two out of two on it, or something. But it's fine. And I, do you know what? I openly said to him, and you'll see it 
because obviously you're a patron, so you'll see it. I said to him, in every practice run, you've kicked that bloody ball. But today, you choose not to. Like that. And it was just that. But everything else, all the other behaviours fitted. So I thought, fair enough. You know, I can't ask for perfection on every single obstacle because you did it. You did your five poles beautifully. You did your where to put a teddy on the back and go under the curtain. You did that beautifully. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to have an argument with you about you kicking the ball. But it was almost him saying, yeah, fuck off. I'm not doing it. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> but I celebrate that for him because, you know, that's him owning it isn't it in his own in his own way or uh, that's how I felt I mean uh, I know it isn't but you know what I mean it was just I thought well I'm going to enter it anyway I could have not entered it because I knew it wasn't perfect but actually for me it's about having a bit of a recognition of what I'm doing as well you know that that it, we need the recognition in you know when we're not going out there and competing and I don't want to compete in the sense of going out there and competing but <laughs> There is this, um, again, in our training that we should just sit and meditate with our horses. And I don't want to. I don't want to sit and meditate with my horse. I want to sit. I want to go out and train. So this is giving me something. And the fact that he wasn't perfect is fine. It's fine. That's OK. Um, so, yeah, you'll get to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> It's so very do you funny. Have to, um, do you have to film it on a certain day or are you given a time scale and you just have to get the video in by a certain day and you could do it whenever? So, yeah, you have to get the video in by the last day of the month at midnight. So that's, you know, you have 30, 31 days. I tend to do it. I tend not to. So Trudy doesn't record my videos, my training, uh, my actual entries. That's Brian, hence the heavy breathing, which is annoying um and sometimes the finger in the corner of the screen as well but I tend to practice it with Trudy and then we record I record at the weekend with Brian so that um I have it in my head I don't have a trainer with me which I think is a good thing because I think it needs to be me and my horse uh Brian is great but we all know we feel kind of under pressure with our partners with us anyway sometimes it's frustrating having them there because they kind of judge us and it's like you have no idea what you're talking about so Brian will say things like Reg could have done that bit better and I'm looking at him thinking well how do you know because you don't train Reg but anyway we have that but so there's a little bit of um tension I suppose but not 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 bad tension because he's just filming so they so you have to film it seamlessly so you can't cut and paste obviously and it, and it has to be no music uh and you have a timed amount of so you have a time limit which i think is about four minutes which actually is really long when you think about it so if you look at my entries reg is normally very quick he's my quickest he's normally under two minutes uh prince is then second quick uh, between two and three minutes and then rum can be anything from two and a half to three and a half minutes depending on where he is in the world so he's much slower which is which I find quite interesting but I'm actually enjoying rum being quite calm and slow uh, so you have a timed thing so I do it all on, generally on the weekend before the 
the dates that it's due. So this this month, I think it was the 31st was a Tuesday. So my entries were sent in on a Sunday. And I literally have to go, today's the day. If I'm not happy, I either don't enter or I enter and just wing it, which is what I did this 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 time because I hadn't practiced with Reg and I hadn't practiced with Prince, but I knew the course was doable for both of them. I knew there wasn't anything in there that they would be scared about or over threshold about. They'd either ignore or just wouldn't do. Um, so that's what I did. With Rum, we had practiced the ball and he completely effed that up. But you know what? That's a learning curve too, because maybe I shouldn't have practiced it. Maybe I should have practiced it less. Maybe I overdrilled it. Maybe I spent too much time encouraging him to ignore the ball. You know, so there's there was there's learning from every every aspect. Um, Reg went in and came second, which was amazing because he's on the first level now, uh, and we literally had not practiced. But I knew he knew all those behaviors, so it wasn't. He could do everything individually. Prince couldn't, didn't understand kick the ball. So I just walked past the ball. So he lost complete points on that. But I thought, you know what? You, you're doing it. You're walking over a tarp. You're doing it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And for me, for him, it is about, um, it, it, it's about desensitization more than the, the points and the training. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's, that's the time limit that you have. And then, of course, there are so many different levels which you can do, which I love because you can do Liberty, which Reg would ace as well. You can do Ridden. You can do Unridden. You can do Walk Only. Um, so there's so there's so much. There's so much, uh, which I think is really valuable because a lot of us aren't riding our horses. And I think it gives the people that have horses that aren't ridden again a focus and something to do and and I don't want my horse to be a couch potato I don't think it's okay to keep them in a field and just go and meditate with them and read with them I think they need to be stimulated mentally and physically and I think this 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 covers that beautifully so we can do it and if they're not ready for liberty work which rum would quite frankly walk off He's quite happy to be with you on the lead rope. But if you took the lead rope off, he would probably just stand by the gate, um, which says a lot as well. But he's he's with it if he's with it, if you know what I mean, as where Reg would come and join you regardless. You could do it ridden and liberty and, you know, as we are. So there's there's masses of bonuses. And I think for young horses, for green horses, for older horses that aren't are just so say field ornaments or whatever i think it has a massive um massive pull and a, and, and a, a sense of achievement for them and us and knowing that we are cognitively stimulating as well as physically stimulating them and i think that's very important yeah so i'm going to be i'm doing all of this at liberty because fantastic um, yeah, because Kendra's good at Liberty because we always train at groundwork at Liberty. Mm. And, and that's because she's not great on a head collar, actually. We're actually, one of the things we're doing um, is learning to be on the head collar and that the head collar is okay. But she's much happier at Liberty. But again, mm. it does mean that I have to be very, very precise. 
um, to make sure that she stays in the right placement, that she does stay beside me, doesn't wander off or um, when I say wander off, doesn't sort of deviate that she mm -hmm. she does actually stay at my side. So, yeah, it definitely has its challenges. Um, but uh, yeah, but as you say, there are so many different levels and there are so many different options. So it does open it up to everybody, even for children. Um, yes, which I think is amazing, actually. And um, and I think all credit to Sophie B, who set up this International Horse Agility Club, because that's how um, it's done, isn't it? It's all done online through this club. You sign up for membership. There are different level levels of membership. And then so you choose what you want to do. And um, yeah, and uh, she's made sure that it's really well structured and uh, and applicable to everybody. How how have you found devising the obstacles? Have you found that it's difficult to do some of those to in terms of setting them up, or have you found it relatively easy to um, to get suitable equipment? I suppose. Well, we liberate a lot from <laughs> from the roadside, Sarah. So the the noodle gate. I think has been the hardest. So the cones are easy because cones are littered everywhere in the UK. I don't know about Switzerland, but we have a lot, lot of liberated cones. Um, the curtain, I have two curtains, uh, which that's um, just a, a an old um, shower curtain, you know, one of those horrible ones that stick to your body. Uh, it's one of those that we put we, that Brian drilled onto a drain pipe that attaches to some of our jump wings. I don't use jump wings anymore for jump wings. <laughs> so they become other obstacles. Uh, so that's been fine. Tarp is tarp. Is, you can get that really anywhere. Uh, but the noodle walk or the, the gates, because that's quite hard. I've used my jump wings as gates and a lead rope, but um, to make a makeshift gate. But there are. So I had, so Ali, who's also one of our Patreons with Alaska, she does horse agility. And she messaged me the other day and said, how am I going to create a noodle walk for Alaska? And I was racking my brains. And I know that she works at a dog kennels and they have a lot of um, deliveries of food and beds and stuff. So I said, why don't you get a cardboard box and make lots of sort of circle holes long cardboard box big long cardboard box sit it on two chairs make lots of holes in it so you can thread the noodles through it so she's done that and that's really cheap and easy we've liberated a um a sort of um construction slatted um rectangle from from the countryside <laughs> which fits noodles in it uh and i need another one actually so i'm on the hunt but um yeah it's hard to find it all but you can it's about collecting crap really i mean in my jump stable i've got two mattresses old mattresses <laughs> that i use i've got um loads of drain pipe i've got a for sale sign i've got a um beware like a road closed sign that's been abandoned and you know you'll, you'll be riding like driving on the on the country roads and you'll see something and you'll just go right that's getting in the back of the car stop the car and i normally got my boys with me so they've got i've got <laughs> got my getaway i'm the getaway driver and they're the muscles and they just shove it in the boot and off we go so yeah 
I, I haven't bought any equipment. I mean, when you join, they do send you flags. You do get, you get, when you join the club, I got a hat and the flags and some other stuff. But, you know, you can find it all. It's it's pretty, pretty easy uh, to, and they're very good in that there was, um, there was something on the other day that they said, you. Uh, it was a makeshift gate. It was like, you have to go through a gate and close the gate behind you. So very Trek, very Trek stuff. And they said, you can use a, you can use a lead rope as the gate and just tie it between two posts. Because I was fretting, like, oh, my gosh, Brian's going to have to make me a gate. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I haven't got time to make you a gate. But so so that worked. We used that and that and that worked. So they are they do kind of give you ideas, but um, I'm sure they don't encourage you to liberate from the countryside. But, hey, there's a there's a there's a lot of loot to be had. But um, anyone yeah. visiting your arena, Becky, there's enough. There is enough highway department equipment yeah, to devise a motorway contraflow system. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Don't ever get stuck with me on the M5 because it's like, hang on a minute, can we fit this in the boot? <laughs> no. Aren't they widening the 303 near you? You'll be able oh, they, to, oh, yeah, there'll be loads of stuff near there soon. Well, when I we had the whole... Should... Go on, sorry, go on. I was going to say something say... awful. Go on, tell me. Well, when we had the horse lorry... We did go down on the 303 because they had some really amazing cones. And I remember <laughs> late at night, us driving down the 303, picking up about 15 cones, saying, these are beautiful cones. These are beautiful. But they just abandoned them, absolutely left them. Anyway, anyway, there we go. <laughs> I think it, for me, it's quite fun being creative with these obstacles and trying to work out how I can construct certain things. Um, but there, are, And I think you're right, the, the tricky ones are the noodle walk, that mm -hmm. definitely is a bit tricky to work out because it's obviously got to be fairly robust. Um, and um, and then there's the teeter-totter. I know you've got a teeter-totter, uh, but the teeter-totter would be a bit tricky. And then when you get further up the levels, there's a bridge, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Which I think could be constructed with pallets, probably, strong pallets. But yeah, there are, there are certain obstacles which definitely would require quite careful construction to make sure mm -hmm. they were safe. But for the other stuff, um, I don't think it should put anybody off, should it? Because there's an awful lot you can do, as you say, plastic plumber's drain pipe um, and push fit uh, plumbing pipes are brilliant. And that's how mm. I made my arch uh, with those and then two parasol bases. And it means mm. it's super light, super easy to take apart. And um, and then, yeah, a shower curtain cut into strips, the garish, the more garish, the better. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I I think it is. I think it's 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 building resilience. I think it's creative for us. It's creative for the horses. I think it's I think it's a really good area for our training to develop and to to highlight and magnify the areas that we need to to help help with because there are areas we really notice how crap our cues are how much we haven't got things on stimulus control that we think we have, how much certain things are fluke. But also then we have this flip side of it, of how great they are at certain things and how, you know, the backup, my backup with, uh, with my boys, um, Reg and Run particularly, and I have lost this sometimes with with you know, in, uh, in other situations when I'm riding and I ask Reg to back up and he's focused on something else and he can't back up. But when 
but I notice how crisp it is and how clean it is and how my walk-on cue and how my stand and my weight cue is spot on. So there's so much I can celebrate even if we haven't got every area of the obstacle course really well. And actually the leading, even the leading, and this is what I love about you with the Liberty. So I don't have this with Rum. So Rum, I lead, but he really struggles with me at his shoulder. He always has, and he still does. So working with him at Liberty is actually very hard for him because he likes me to be a little bit ahead of him. Um, and, and so I think for me, maybe down the line, I need to focus on maybe I should be working more at shoulder. Maybe I should be working more at Liberty. Maybe I should. So there's areas that I need to develop because I can ace the other stuff, but I can't ace it in Liberty. But I'd like to be able to do the course in Liberty as well as in a head collar, like you with Kenda, for, but for different reasons. So with Reg, I know that I can do it with a head collar and then I can do it at Liberty and then probably I could try it riding to it within within its limited limits but with you with Kenda you're focusing on Liberty but your goal might be to try it in a head collar and my goal with rum is to go the opposite way so we can do it in a head collar can we do it at Liberty that's the icing on the cake and I love that that it means different things for different people and I think that it's the same obstacles. We can talk about how we set them up and how we train them. But our, and we've all got these goals, but they're different because we're working with different horses and what how they find that comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think your horses enjoy it? Um it's an odd one, isn't it? I think I think I think there's a sense of satisfaction. I was speaking to Trudy, we did a podcast recently together bit over a session that I had with Reg with her and it was a tricky training session, but it ended up to be an awesome riding session. And I don't know whether there's a, it's enjoyment or a sense of achievement or a... I don't, it's so difficult and I struggle and I had this again with Trudy in our world in this positive reinforcement clicker training world I'm so wary of labeling anything now because I don't want to sound like I know and I also don't know that I know but also I think I know but I'm not sure so I get kind of a little bit um, smudged with it in the, are we actually allowed to say our horses enjoy it anymore? Are we allowed to say that they get a sense of achievement? Are we, or are we just doing that for our own? I, you know what? They don't refuse to come in and join in. Um, I, I know with Rum that I have a limited amount of time when I'm recording his, his sequence of obstacles. So I know I've got probably four maximum rounds. So that's probably then, if you look at it, that's probably 20 minutes, which is probably enough for him. With Reg, I could go on longer, but that's a personality thing rather than an enjoyment thing. I think there's, I think horses like interaction. I think horses enjoy interaction with us when they know that we offer clarity, consistency, and reward. So therefore, 
on that basis, I think they enjoy it. What do you think? Yeah, I don't, yeah. That's something I'd have to think about as well. Mm. Um, because I I know that the, the founder of the club, her idea was that she'd seen dogs doing dog agility and she wanted to try and capture some of that enthusiasm that dogs have when they do agility. And I think it's very easy to see with dogs, a sense of enjoyment, isn't it? They bounce around and they have their waggy tails and they they take to it with great relish. And they, they're very eager learners, I think, dogs. But when we come to training with our horses, we don't want an eager beaver horse next to us. We don't want 500 kilos of horse jumping around going, oh my God, this is amazing. Let's get going. And, you know, taking off at high speed and doing all that with the obstacles we want calm and we're always looking for calm so it's really hard to measure positive effective state in a horse when we're mm. always looking for a nice calm approach anyway mm. aren't we but I so, think yeah I think um so I treat quite a few agility dogs uh ranging from so grade seven is your top agility grade for dogs and a lot of them don't enjoy. <laughs> a lot of them don't enjoy. I have one dog um, who is a female. And when she doesn't do well in in the uh, competition, and it's only when she doesn't do well, and her owner has no idea that she's giving off any information, but this dog will hump her owner's leg only when she doesn't succeed. So for me, there's something... There's a connection there that's coming off that owner that's saying disappointment, disappointment, disappointment. And that dog is trying to appease that 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 person. And I see a lot of dogs that are very over threshold, not necessarily frustrated, but almost crazed by it, you know, so sort of um, hyper, hyper with it to the, like highest kites threshold like and as you said we don't want our horses we cannot afford to have our horses like that and that was one of the wrong things I did with rum in the beginning me and Kate used to go rum comes into the arena he's super excited let's run it off and actually that was the worst thing we could do because what he then associated with being with us was high jinx basically high threshold and that's not what we wanted at all but that's what we thought he needed. And we've learned from that and that, and that's fine. But it's taken a long time to get that out of room to kind of help him realize that you can race around the field with your mates, but you can't race around the field with me. It's just, it just can't happen. Uh, and I think there are a lot of dogs that are extremely over threshold in agility, but they're much easier to manage because they are 30 kilos or 20 kilos or 15 kilos. And because we control them through food and through toys very easily. So the reward is you get this toy at the end, you get this food at the end or whatever. So I think, I think from Vanessa B's point of view, when she wrote that, I wonder whether it was more a case of um, this is how I sell it. And that sounds really awful, but this is how I can sell it. You know, that all dogs love it. The dogs that compete in agility love it. So, um, the, so you know, the horses must love it too. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know that there are some dogs that thrive off it. I know dogs have 
lots of dogs have a very clear work ethic collies for example spaniels um they need something to do they have a drive and i think it's channeled really well through agility but i also think that that's the same for horses so so horses need to be doing something and they're not supposed to be sitting in a green box so if we can channel their cognitive and physical intelligence through obstacles that that encourage um, agility through physical and mental agility and help us, then I think that's great. And I think that's the same for the dog. So I think it's beneficial, but I think like all things, when you get through the levels and you get higher up, and I think this is the same for show jumping, dressage, any type of competition, competition with us even for, for humans, the the body start the body and the mind is lost and it's all about the competition so i think i think the lower levels are always much more fun um and then we start to we start to overtake and i don't want that to happen i'm trying i'm trying not to let that happen and that's hard when you've got one like reg when you've got one like rum you've got to laugh um, when you've got one like Prince, you kind of just take it as it comes. When you've got one like Red, you're like, I've got to watch myself because we could get competitive here and I need to I need to check in on me. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's good for them. I think there's a sense of achievement because they're doing something. And I think that ultimately they there are lots of boxes being ticked. But do they enjoy it? I don't know. It's a hard philosophical. It's a philosophical question, isn't it? It's a. It is. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some enjoyment from it. There's definitely some enjoyment from it. Uh, Yeah, but it will be different to ours, won't it? It's hard. Definitely. Yeah. 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 But I think it's. I think it's worth doing. I think it's very worth doing, because I think it involves movement and 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 we have to think things through we have to dissect things and build things and i think that that's really good and we have to think for ourselves as well and i think that's really good there isn't a format of how to train it so we break it down and you know i've got trudy i know but you know at the end of the day on the days that i record it i haven't got trudy so we either go for it or we don't it's kind of um and things crop up but um yeah I think it's very worthwhile. I'm enjoying doing it. I'm enjoying doing it with all three of them. I really see the value in it. And I think it also gives us, it takes pressure off us with other stuff. And I also think it varies their world. And I think if it can vary the horse's world, then that's a good thing overall. Yeah. No, definitely. I'm definitely with you on that. And I think it's going to be interesting next week when we talk to Trudy about breaking down the training and um, yeah, about some of that sort of approach to it and how we move the reinforcement point and and all of those sort of technical things. Because, yeah, it gets pretty involved, doesn't it? When you. Yeah. I mean, and she's great at that. She's so great at that because she's constantly moving the reinforcer and constantly um, changing the game up and down. And, And I have. I had this, I sent her a clip of it this week because we were working with Prince only in hand because he's still getting better from his abscess. But um, I, I, we were doing walk on and stop and rain back. He had no rain back. And um, I went, she said, now change the, change direction. So I changed the direction. I went, come on then. She was like, 
<laughs> who what does that mean what does come on then mean does he know come on then and I'm like oh god okay okay and again you know I know this shit but you know different circumstance different horse you fall you fall you know it all goes out the window she's so on it and I I love her for it it's amazing she she's um yeah she's my she doesn't carry a whip but she's my whip cracker and I love it that's <laughs> a good thing <laughs> fantastic so what I want to know is when are you going to start entering Kenda because you should because she's got you know, she's got so much, so many behaviours. Are you working well, towards November or? I'm probably, well, I need to be able to get her. Ideally, I need to be able to get her down to the arena. Yes. Because where I'm working at the moment um, in a fenced off area of the paddock is not really big enough for a whole agility course, I don't mm. think. Mm. So um, getting down to the arena is a whole new game because mm. that means coming away from the herd coming right away from the herd so that's something I'm working on in parallel so there's a lot of other sort of stuff that's got to go hand in hand so I'm not sort of putting any um I can't really put a particular date on for when I've joined the club I've got the handbook I'm learning the obstacles sort of in excellent bits. but yeah I'd like to think that maybe spring I might be yeah. able to, to start thinking about it unless I can um when the muck heap is moved we're going to have a slightly bigger area so if I thought I could squeeze one of the lower level courses in, which has got a little bit less obstacles, then um, I might give it a try then. But yeah, yeah, I've got a long way to go. Mm. But she's got so many behaviours. You guys have got so much, you know, so much history and tools in your toolkit. To, you know, it's it, it's a shame, isn't it? Because you're kind of confined by space, which is a shame because, you know, if you have the space, you could probably ace it you know as in as in the pair of you could could do it it's it's um it's that environmental yeah well get the muck heap moved that's a yeah. plan end of november <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely yeah. it's a good goal good goal to aim for yeah well thank you for um for for getting into it and uh <laughs> posting all your stuff on patreon because that's how i got to find out about it i wouldn't have come across it otherwise so um yeah you're, i love you're the fact that it's oh bless you and i love the fact that it's international so yes. there's like people from everywhere isn't there and it's like this is amazing because you've got the states you've got you guys in switzerland you've got the uk you've got france it's all over and i love that because you have to let so much go if you don't know who you're up against <laughs> that's yes. so good <laughs> it's so good for us yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's good very good for us. it's good great stuff it's lovely talking to you yes and you becky and i really look forward to our chat next week with kate yeah. and trudy and uh getting into the technical stuff and that will be I fun know. too they'll strip us down they will they will <laughs> <laughs> cool well, okay thank lovely. you so much becky and great stuff Nice Speak to see you next you. week. Yeah. yeah. Take care. Bye. Bye.